0: Eva Longoria still remembers vividly landing the role of a lifetime as Gabrielle Solis on the hit ABC comedy-drama, Desperate Housewives. And she also remembers the whirlwind experience of the show becoming an immediate hit just after one episode. I
1: remember we premiered, and in in the next morning, you know, we were working. We had our head down and our feet moving, and we were shooting episodes. And I got a call from the producers, and they said, we're hit. And I said, Cool. So what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, I really didn't comprehend the monstrosity of it. Yeah, and uh, and then going to work, going in that day, and every news crew was there, extra and access and ET, and everybody was there to do on-set interviews about the new hit. And I was like, why are all these people here? This is odd.
0: (laughs) On this edition of the podcast, we talked to Eva Longoria about her favorite episode of TV ever—the pilot to ABC's *Desperate Housewives* as well as the new drama Grand Hotel, which she executive produces. Plus, we talked to Grand Hotel star Rosalind Sanchez about her favorite TV episode ever as well. It's a jam-packed edition of My Favorite Episode. My Favorite Episode Let's talk TV. TV. My favorite episode makes me so happy. so happy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Variety's My Favorite Episode. Let's give it up for your host, Michael Schneider. Thank you, DJ Omar Khan, for the new theme song. It's My Favorite Episode, and this time out, we're talking to Grand Hotel executive producer Eva Longoria and star Rosalind Sanchez. Longoria's pick for favorite episode ever is very personal. It's the pilot to Desperate Housewives, the mid-2000s hit that put her on the map. Written by series creator Mark Cherry and directed by Charles McDougal, the episode and series first premiered on October 3, 2004. The episode first introduces us to the neighbors of Wisteria Lane and takes place in the aftermath of The Suicide of Mary Alice Young, voiced by Brenda Strong. Among the stars are Terry Hatcher as single mom, Susan Mayer, Marsha Cross as perfectionist Bree Vandekamp, whose poise hides trouble at home, Longoria as Gabrielle Solis, who has a secret she's carrying on an affair with her teenage gardener, and Felicity Huffman as Lynette Scavo, an advertising exec who put her career on hold to be a stay-at-home mother of four.
1: Is your finger okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just a small cut. Let
1: me see. Hmm
2: you know mrs solis um i really like it when we hook up but um well you know i i gotta get my work done and i can't afford to lose this job
1: this table is hand carved carlos had it imported from italy it cost him twenty three thousand dollars
2: you want to do it on the table this time
0: Absolutely. The pilot episode won three Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy for Felicity Huffman, Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series for Charles McDougall, and Outstanding Single-Camera Picture Editing for a Comedy Series. Mark Cherry was also nominated for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy. For Longoria, the Desperate Housewives pilot was a masterclass in how to create and launch a TV show, and she says she still uses what she learned from that experience as a producer launching her own shows. Later in the episode, we'll talk to Grand Hotel star Rosalind Sanchez, but first, we sit down with Longoria to discuss the launch of Grand Hotel, a summer series for ABC, as well as how Desperate Housewives still impacts her life and her career. The
1: pilot of Desperate Housewives.
0: The pilot of Desperate Housewives. It's a good pilot. I'm familiar with that show. Are you? Are you? <laughs>
1: it. Uh, it is the perfect pilot. It really is. You know, it took Mark Cherry five years to write it, and yeah. it has everything. Uh, sets up everything. Um, super balanced in storytelling. Um, it was. It was. Uh, Charles McDougall shot was the director, and it was beautiful. It was stylized. It was stylistic. It was it was so unique. I always always um, reference back to, to the Desperate Housewives pilot yeah. for many, many things when I'm directing.
0: Yeah, and, and pilots uh, obviously are tough and, and good pilots set up a show and sometimes you'll watch a pilot and you'll be like, okay, how are they going to sustain this for you yeah, know, yeah, like a lost. second season? Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> like it, Lost.
1: When are they getting off the island? It, exactly. <laughs>
0: but from day one, you watched Desperate Housewives and it had so much going on.
1: So much, so much. I mean, there's so many iconic things that happened in the pilot. Um, Lynette Scavo marching into the pool with her heels and the shot of the heels um, you know going on the steps in the water her and her dress uh, Marsha Cross asking for uh, you know as Bree asking for the basket back for the, for the muffins mm-hmm. uh, Gabby Solis mowing the lawn um, mm-hmm. there's just so many iconic moments in the pilot that live on still today
0: so take me back to the very beginning uh, when when you first read the pilot yeah. or, or you know that it's Seems like a while ago now And a lot has happened since then A lot but. has happened
1: You know people don't I don't People don't realize Or know But I was the first one cast In Des- Desperate Housewives They gave me the, the script Very early Because I had done L.A. Dragnet With mm-hmm. Ed O'Neill for ABC That's right And it got canceled And they said Well we want to do A holding deal with you For ABC So um, Can you read this script See if you respond to it And it was called Desperate Housewives And I was like Well that's a dumb title <laughs> <laughs> And I read it and I said, it's kind of different. It's like too different. I had never read anything like that. But I was such a young actress too. I wasn't really um, that experienced in script reading and analyzing. And so I was like, I like it. It's cool. She's cool. But it also, I remember uh, Gabby was 40 as well. Gabby was the same age as Lynette Mm. and Susan and Brie. And what happened was ABC made Gabby younger because of the affair with the gardener. Mm -hmm. And so – that's when I was able to be in the mix because yeah. I was only twenty eight. Yeah. At yeah. the time.
0: And and that was a show that because uh, you mentioned that Mark Cherry had been kind of developing it for years and at one point it was going to be a comedy and then at some point like the idea to turn it into like an hour long drama with comedic aspects which we hadn't seen a lot of at the time. Yeah. Um this was kind of like a whole new form. Mm-hmm. And and do you remember people sort of being a little confused? Yes, like is it a I comedy? Remember, is it a drama?
1: I remember uh, award season where yeah. I think the Emmys, we were under drama. And in the Golden Gloves, we were under comedy. Mm-hmm. And that was confusing. And I remember, you know, we couldn't be in the drama category because it was Sopranos at the time. And it was, you know, we were like, okay, we're not that. Right, <laughs> right, right. And then we weren't Will and Grace. And, you know, we weren't that either. And so it was hard. I remember during award season to categorize this show because it was such a hybrid. And it was such a um, breaking out of that box.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you, you. so you had just done L.A. Dragnet. Mm-hmm. Um, that Was was that Dick Wolf? Dick Wolf, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so where were you in terms of your career at that point? Um, how would you oh, sort of describe that was the first it? thing I had ever done. Yeah.
1: I was on Young and the Restless for three years. Um, and uh, I knew I didn't want to do daytime TV forever. So uh, I went and auditioned for um, this show called L.A. Dragnet. And I got it. Um And, and, you know, Dick Wolf, he does, he gets to pick his cast. He didn't, there was no testing. There was no really other auditions. He's like, great, you got it. See you Monday. So it was really fast. And it was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And the show was already on the air. So there was no pilot pickup. Hope we get picked up. It was none of that. It was like on the air, you know, it was Dick Wolf. Yeah then when I went in for Des Size, it was like eight auditions, studio test, network test. It was such a process and yeah. then I hope we get picked up and okay let's shoot the pot and it was so many steps of like leaps of faith that uh, it was a really different experience than the one with yeah. Dragnet. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's always amazing that shows get on the air, period. Just period. given period. The, yeah. the amount of, yeah. of sweat and tears that go into it and the process and the whittling down scripts, yeah. pilot season, mm-hmm. But I remember,
1: I don't know if you read Desperate Networks, the book, but yeah. it was, you know, ABC was in last place. Every network passed on Desperate Housewives. They thought the script was odd. It didn't really fit into anybody's mold of TV or programming. Yeah. And ABC like, what do we got to lose? <laughs>
0: right, right. And I'll also remember, again, Mark Cherry was seen as sort of this washed-up sitcom writer. Yeah. It's like, who is this guy? Why yeah. is he pitching this show? What, yeah. what is this? That
1: so. and, and that same year, it was us, Lost in Grays that launched ABC. Yeah. And that's, that's three really big shows. Yeah. That did really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Remember, it was Lloyd Braun. <laughs> Lloyd Braun. <laughs> you were
0: name-checking Lloyd Braun. Lloyd <laughs> yeah. Braun was yeah. the one who
1: greenlit it. But yeah. he never got the... Uh, credit for
0: it. He was he was let go soon after. Mm-hmm. So his his revenge was he got to be the voiceover on Lost every week <laughs> the previously on Lost. <laughs> but that and and so that that pilot premiered and do you remember I mean it was immediate. There not a lot of shows have that like overnight success, but it was truly immediate.
1: I remember we premiered and in the in the next morning, you know, we were working. We had our head down and our feet moving and we were shooting episodes and we, I got a call from the producers and they said, "We're hit." And I said, "Cool." So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't comprehend the monstrosity of it. Yeah. And, uh, and then going to work, going in that day, and every news crew was there. Extra and Access and ET and everybody was there to do on-set interviews about the new hit, and we—I was like, "Why are all these people here? This is odd."
0: <laughs> well, you—you you mentioned that you think about that pilot a lot. When uh, now that as a producer mm-hmm. yourself, and, yeah. and you've had experience on your own pilots, of course, including Grand Hotel yeah. coming to ABC this summer. What—what um, what did you sort of take away, and in sort of your experience in, in doing that pilot, and uh-huh. since then, in, in as as a producer?
1: Yeah, I mean that. Your director, you and your director, the creator and the director have to be on the same page as far as the vision and setting up the look of the show and setting up the tone of the show. I think the number one thing I take away from with Desperate Housewives pilot is tone. It nailed this tone that was eerie, but funny, but serious and dramatic, but light and... Hilarious. It was, it was, it just balances tone. It was so specific. And that was Mark Cherry. I mean, he had a very specific idea about what the show should sound and look like. And so every time I'm developing a TV project with a creator or a showrunner, I'm like, what, what? What, how do you see this? How do, how is how does it sound? What does it look like? What's the music? What are the cues? What are the shots? Yeah, um, and you have to know all of that. You have to have a vision.
0: And of course, the the, the stories, the the string that the people, yeah, yeah, from from first episode on, like what's what is the mystery behind it? And of course, Grand Hotel has that as well. Yeah, um, and, and and so in in some ways, uh, you know, very much a similar kind of soap with a lot of comedic elements and. A, Beautiful and uh, you know. Sad yeah, and, and well,
1: Brian Tannen, who created Grand Hotel, uh, studied under Mark Cherry. I mean, he was on Desperate Housewives. He moved on to Devious Maids. He show ran Devious Maids, so he comes from that tone of yeah. balancing drama with some comedy. Uh, Grand Hotel isn't as comedic as as Desperate Housewives or Devious it's uh, definitely more grounded and a, a more serious character drama yeah. uh, but it has it's light moments that yeah. are earned through the characters and their choices yeah yeah
0: and and that setting of course yeah um, where do you guys shoot uh, we
1: uh, shot the pilot in Miami and then we recreated Miami here in Los Angeles we recreated the, s- the stages the, the hotel yeah. on Sound Stages uh, beautiful and uh, yeah the blue skies and the look of the show was really important you know we hired a few female DP Allison Kelly she was the best for the job but she just happens to be female so to have a female DP in television is like a unicorn um, yeah. she's badass she's amazing and we really wanted to put women in traditionally traditionally male roles two of our ADs were female our stunt coordinator was female um, our editors were female um, we really looked to staff and crew up that way
0: do you have a favorite episode
1: mine that i directed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell um, tell me about it. No, one I, I directed the first one back after the pilot, uh-huh. 102. Um no, it's great. You know, it was really important for me to set the tone for all the directors coming after me um on how the set would be run because we love we love people to love to come to work. We we don't like screamers, we don't like, you know, uh hurry up and waits. We like a really smooth running machine and so um we really got to create that going forward, and we had some great directors come in and do some really great episodes. Yeah, I think our season finale is going to be pretty great.
0: Yeah, and you're uh, in front of the camera as well.
1: Uh, in front of, yeah, I I'm in four episodes.
0: All right, well, thank you very much, Eva. Thank you. Great seeing you. Good luck Good to with the see show. You. Thank you so much. In a moment, Grand Hotel star Rosalind Sanchez on her favorite episode of TV from the Lifetime and now Netflix series You. From Variety, this is my favorite episode. This is Daniel Holloway. Join me every Friday for TV Take, Variety's podcast about the television business. In every episode, we feature interviews with stars and showrunners from today's hit shows, as well as conversations with Variety journalists about the key TV headlines of the day. Subscribe or download to TV Take wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. It's my favorite episode. I'm Michael Schneider. On Grand Hotel, Rosalind Sanchez plays Gigi Mendoza, the second wife to hotel mogul Santiago Mendoza, played by Damien Bashir. Based on a Spanish format, but set in contemporary times, the show is a bit of an upstairs-downstairs look at the scandals and secrets that surround both the Mendoza family and the hotel staff that works for them. You
1: waited tables at the ribs. Yes, ma'am. Home start you now on a trial basis. No fraternizing with the staff or guests. That means no sex. Understood. We're the last family-owned hotel in Miami Beach. Welcome, my daughter. And that is the family. Who's that? It's boss man's daughter, Alicia, otherwise known as Off Limits. Danny, let's go.
0: Rosalind Sanchez dropped by my favorite episode to discuss Grand Hotel as well as the pilot of the series You, which she picked as her favorite episode of all time. It's one of those things where uh, you know it's finally going to be coming on the air. Soon, oh my God! But it must I know. Be frustrating to be you know waiting. It's been a while. <laughs> for so long.
2: It's been a while. Yeah, we did the pilot in Miami. It was almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago at least. Let me see. My baby was three months, and he's 18 months. So yeah, It's been a while, so we're excited that it's finally opening.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when did you shoot uh, the the bulk of the series?
2: We finished a couple of months ago. We did it here at Manhattan Beach Studios. Um, So all of, when was it, January, February, March? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so not too far Not too far. Ago, ago. Yes, but not too far. Nonetheless, that pilot was a while back. And, the pilot was uh, a while back. And you shot that at the Fountain Blue. At the in, Fountain in Blue Miami.
2: in Miami. Yes, in Miami. Yeah. As, as the as the, the Riviera Grand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it looked great. So you had to kind of recreate all of that uh, here in here in Manhattan Beach.
2: And if you go to the studios, we were shocked. All the actors, because you know when you go to Miami, the Fountain Blue is it's legendary and it's huge and the lobby is so grand. And when we, because we knew we were going to have to shoot this series in LA, they needed to find stages that were high enough, the ceilings, for them to be able to recreate this hotel. Yeah. And it took them a little bit of time. And then they found this place. And if you go to the sets, you will believe 100% that you are inside yeah. the lobby of the Phantom Blue. Yeah. It was amazing. So they totally recreated they it. They did. They did.
0: That's that's fantastic. They did. It so. was
2: the set is it's gorgeous.
0: So uh, do you have fun? I mean, it's it's uh, sudsy. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know your classic soap opera with, I with, with a twist. Uh,
2: I, I loved it. I was um, I am a big fan of the original format out of Spain. Yeah. on Netflix, Gran Hotel, which is a different deal because it's a period piece. You know, it's um, our creator, our showrunner, uh, the adapted the show to the American market. Brian Tannen took a lot of creative liberties when he came to the original story, but the premise is the same. So, Because I was a fan of the original when I heard Eva said to me, listen, I got the rights to Grand Hotel and I'm going to do the Anglo version. I was like, oh my God, that's going to be amazing. I said, there's going to be a lot of changes. It's going to be Miami, modern Miami. And I was like, really? How are we going to do that? But once I read the pilot, it was just well-written. And Brian did Devious mates. Um, he was yeah. part of Devious Maze for yeah. four years. So I, under- I understand his writing very well. So I was excited to see what he was going to come up with. And he did a fabulous job.
0: Yeah, yeah. How would you describe it? It's kind of a mix of, I mean, there's soap opera, but there's camp. There's some, some fun elements. There's some comedy attached it's, to it l- as well.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a little bit. It's not as funny as Devious. You yeah. know, Devious was very... Tongue in, tongue the, in yeah, cheek. Very yeah. much. Yeah. This one it's more of like a family character driven drama. This one is a dysfunctional family at its finest. You yeah. know, they have so many problems. Um and the upstairs and downstairs dynamics yeah. and and how a family owned hotel it's it's full of secrets, you know, and everybody has an agenda and everybody comes with a baggage and 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 just craziness all around. It, it can be funny, but we're not meant to be funny. Right. You know, it's just that there's comedy because the, the situations sometimes are outrageous. So that's where the comedy is going to come yeah. from. But it is it is a drama. It's a, it's a, it's a full on primetime drama. We don't want to call it novella, soap opera because that comes comes with an stigma. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, but if you if you re, if you go to the dictionary and you follow the, the 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 definition of a soap opera yeah it's it has a lot of those elements it's juicy it's it's sexy it's crazy, it has murder mystery it, it has um dysfunction It it has laughs, I think people will really enjoy
0: it, yeah yeah, so and a, a fun sort of summer summer watch
2: a perfect summer watch yeah. you know the the idea is for the next day to people you know when you when you watch really good t v not everybody can be Games of, Games of Thrones you know what I mean like a handsome like that kind of <laughs> yeah. phenomenon you know yeah. that, that you can't stop thinking and talking about it but when it comes to summer uh, programming the idea is for ladies the next day go to work or go to the beauty salon I mean, can you believe what happened you know kind of like the Desperate Housewives effect the Devious Maids effect that is a fun topic of conversation the next day
0: yeah yeah and it's a fun cast as well I mean, it's it it's, it's a great group of people. I mean, I I love Damian Bashir. He's amazing. He's I know. Just e- everything that he's in is fantastic.
2: He's really a solid, solid actor, and and we were so honored that he said yes to the material. And and w- wait till you see him playing Santiago Mendoza. He looks beautiful, and 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 just the, the substance that that he brings to the material is great. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned so, was it Eva who who brought it to you and said, "Hey, I want you to do this." Eva. Or, yes. Yeah?
2: Yeah, it was Eva Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you mentioned
0: you had already watched uh, Grand Hotel, the uh, the. Oh, she knew. Yeah, I said, yeah. I said,
2: "Oh my god, you know that I love the original." I said, "Yeah," and then we have this character that we—it's kind of like the matriarch of the original, but it has a twist because in the original, Demian's character doesn't exist. They had the entire time the dad is dead. In this case, Demian plays the dad, and yeah. he's alive. So, so my my character is like a hybrid. You <laughs> know, it's like a combination. Yeah. Um, and she said, I have this role that I think is going to be the role of a lifetime for you. I know you're going to understand it, so read it and let me know. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a dream, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's great, great. Yeah. So, uh, so you've, you've stayed in close contact with, with uh, Eva, it sounds like. Yeah,
2: no, we're good, good We're good friends. You know, we're really, really close, too. <coughs> that we started together pretty much, you yeah. know, and, and to be able to see her grow and become... This force of nature, you know, in in many levels, in philanthropy and politics and acting and producing and directing, it's been it's been a, a pleasure.
0: Yeah, for a force of nature is a good good term. Pretty much, for, for yes. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I asked you also to uh, tell me about your favorite show, and yeah. uh, so you mentioned that you've been digging on you. I love right you. Now, you
2: know, I don't watch a lot. It's funny because I'm a TV actress, and I, I I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. And if you ask me. I gravitate towards. So you think you can dance? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, so you like and, more the competition world show of dance. Yeah. You know, anything that relates to dancing and that form of art. You yeah. know, I, I love it. And 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 it. When you get a good dance, it's 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 life changing. You know, to I me. Mean? Uh, but I got into you. I don't even know who told me about you on Netflix, and I saw the first um, season and I loved it.
0: Yeah, so going going into it, I mean, what did you, th- what, what were you expecting? Uh, it it starts off and it seems quaint before it t- kind of takes this real dark. It turn. gets
2: dark, yeah. You know, to me, I was fascinated with the whole social media element and how, because I am very much into social media, and when you're in this business, it's almost like inevitable for you to be part of the monster that, yeah. <laughs> that is social media, yeah. you know, and and the way they tackle how. There's no privacy, nobody's safe, you know, because nowadays, just by going into any social outlet, you can find out so much about a person, you know, and that was freaky to me as a mother of a, of a young daughter. I was like, what am I going to do when she brings that first boy to the house? Yeah. Because nowadays you never know, you know, and, and, and people can be so deceptive. Is that a word?
0: No? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's that's kind of the heart of this. Yeah, you know, the, the character played by Penn Badgley, you know, he manages to he really he
2: appears sh- one thing, to yeah. be one thing and it's 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 sick. He's yeah. sick. He has mental yeah. issues, but if you meet somebody like that ne- tomorrow walking down the street and you start a conversation not in a million years. You will even think yeah. that that person has all these demons, you know, and, and and it's sad, you know, as a as a as a woman to know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, he has these demons, but then he has the tools at his fingertips to <gasps> uh, insert himself into this person's exactly. life, and it's, it's exactly and you can do it in such a subtle way. But we exactly. all leave these little crumbs. We do in our social media lives, you know, where we've gone, we what we like, what we eat, who we hang out with, I know. and. If someone really wanted to insert themselves into your life, they could find a they, way.
2: They can find a way, and they're magicians at it. You know, when somebody has the mind to even go there and become that person, they're highly intelligent. You know, and the way that they go about researching and doing things—it's—we won't even think about about that. And and the way they do it is like it's, it's like magic. And like you said, we are giving them the the resources to be able to find things out very easily, yeah. and we don't even know we're doing
0: it. You know? hopefully they don't have kill rooms like uh, Penn badge Liga. oh my god <laughs> oh my god
2: I know I know it's, it's a dark message you know um, but for me it was, it, was, it was fascinating to watch and be like oh my god you know there's no privacy anymore there's no mystery anymore there's nothing you know when you meet people you have to be so smart yeah. about everything you say about every step and just trying to be a good judge of character you know And it's hard
0: well especially for someone in the public eye like yourself so, so yeah. how, uh, how, how active are you on social media
2: I am pretty active and I enjoy it, you know, and, and, and it's weird with me because I come from, nobody in my family is part of this business, you know, and I've been blessed enough to be able to move to this country and, and, and have a great career and I have other aspirations when it comes to social work and, and philanthropy and I like to produce. So by using social media, you can actually expose, you know, and help and, and use it in a very, very positive way. Yeah. So there's that side of me that says I have to get followers, I have to expose my life to be relatable, to, pe- to create a platform yeah. for people to be interested in what I have to say. But then you talk to somebody like my husband, which he's also part of the business, you know? And he's not as open as me. And because we have kids, he's always like, Ross, like, why are you posting this about Sabella? Why are you posting this about Dylan? I'm going, one, because I'm incredibly proud of my kids yeah. and I want the world to know yeah, that they're yeah, incredible they are. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know because they're amazing yeah. you know and it took me a, a long time and a lot of work to get pregnant so I want everybody to know that, <laughs> right. that I have children yeah. um and also because I feel that when people relate to you and they feel like they know you, they'll consume whatever you you, you consume, you know? And they will listen when you're talking about stray dogs in Puerto Rico and when you're talking about the crisis in the border, you know, because you have a point of view yeah. that they want to hear about. And the only way you get that, I believe, and I might be wrong, is if they feel like they're part of your family, if they feel like that you're giving them something that is a, a little piece of you, that yeah. is important to you. Otherwise, they don't care. I might be wrong. Maybe the right strategy is I'm gonna be very private. I'm not gonna give in any. I don't want. To, I don't want to say anything. So when I say something, everybody's shocked and they want to hear about it. But you know, it's a very fine line. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it, it is, and it's it's sort of you know, in in when you're an entertainer, you also you know you want to have a brand. You want people to sort of know who you are and and have sort of a, an affinity for yeah. you because it's important to stay in the public limelight to some degree. Of course. So you know you don't want to be completely out of sight out of mind or you might miss out on some great jobs. Or... I do
2: and you know you know what's crazy and, and I didn't want to believe that this was true, but it's true. Um even you know acting and, and, and to be able to get a job as an actor nowadays it's not only about your ability or the craft or how many years you study or your resume, you know? Because social media and pop culture is so huge. Even studios now are taking into consideration how many followers you have. The same way advertisers do on brands, right? If you yeah. want to create a product or if you want to book a big campaign, they look at your social media um, awareness, but even to get acting jobs. And I know this for a fact. You know, I've been part of uh, – I was. I, my husband was part of a show that they were looking for a p- girl to pl- play his love interest, and they tested two people. Yeah. Both beautiful, both equally talented, both with great resumes, and the one that got it was the one that had more followers, because to the studio was important. I was floored.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
2: was floored. Yeah, But it happens, you know, and it's something that we have to accept, and It is what it is. No, and
0: it it makes sense when you think about it. You see all these people who are sort of making the transition now who are YouTube stars or or who first made it in social. Exactly right. And and when they promote them to to be on shows, they're like, look at how many followers they have. Exactly right. They have millions of people. You could
2: be talentless. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. If if you you have followers... You're somebody. And it's crazy.
0: And the goal is to obviously get them to, you know, move over to a traditional, say, TV show. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, the networks, they're kind of running scared, too. They're they're trying to figure out how do we, like, you know, maintain our relevance. And
2: I get it. Listen, and you can't be mad at them because, like, I'm not an executive at a network, right? But if I was, right, and if I was in that crazy, stressful, you know, (laughs) position, you have to do what you have to do. And because everything is... Everything transitions, you know, and everything evolves. The way the climate of the business nowadays, it, it's, it's evolving even with streaming. You know, there's so much content and there's so much competition that networks are going crazy trying to figure out how we're going to be able to survive and compete, yeah. you know, and, become a, 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 and stay in the position that we're at. So as an executive, if it means we're going to have to hire whoever has more followers, you know, to be able to survive, you do what you have to do. You're yeah. running a
0: business, you know, so you can't be mad at that. How active are you in terms of interacting with fans like if they have <laughs> excuse me if they have questions for you about shows uh- you know or, or projects that you're working on and, and you know they, they want to know everything yeah. so how how active are you in terms of answering their questions or, or interacting with them
2: I I, I do I'm, I, I I could be more but I'm the one it's funny because people think because the amount of followers that I have that I have a team of people um, that deals with my social media element and I, I don't I do it myself you know yeah. I'm like, no there's no way you post and yeah I do so I don't have time and I can read everything you know but but I, I do you know sometimes I I engage you know and I should be better at doing the Facebook lives and the Instagram takeovers and things that are actually live and interactive so you're like at the, at the moment going back and forth I don't do that a lot uh, but I do post uh, things and if somebody has a question and if I get to read it and if it's not inappropriate <laughs> yeah. I will answer yeah
0: yeah yeah it's part of the job now yes I suppose. of course now what do you do about trolls? Because that's uh, you know obviously the the dark side the ugly side of yeah. all this is you know people uh, you know under the cloud of anonymity yeah. can be really
2: nasty 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 it's um it's brutal and it's sad you know I'm I'm I block if I happen to read something that I think is mean and uncalled for I block the person I, at the beginning I used to engage and just answer you know and just have this whole thing and then I realize what 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 why am I even yeah why am I even answering you know uh, i 'm offended i didn 't like the comment. I just have to let it go, so I just block people now and and it, you know it 's part of it is what it is if you expose yourself, you have to be able to take it yeah. you know and, and unfortunately um, yeah, because it 's very easy for somebody to be inside a room that nobody's, you know nobody sees who you are, nobody knows anything about you to just be mean and be disrespectful and just be negative yeah. you know but I, I usually if i 'm if i 'm going to post something that I know is going to have some kind of reaction because it's something political um, I usually mention as part of the text of whatever I write um, this is just my opinion and I will appreciate you know if you have something mean to say don't you know because this is just my my point of view
0: yeah yeah, and that 's one thing and i I know a number of uh, performers who you know, who, you know, especially right now in the world, feel like, you know, I have a platform, you know, and, and you know, I do have something to say. Yeah. And I have the right to say it. Yeah. And and you know, the you know, a lot of people uh, you know try to tear down celebrities and, and say, You're just mm. a celebrity, go back and entertain yes. me, like, you know, yes. stop giving me your political views. Yeah. But well wait a second. I'm also a citizen. Exactly. I'm also a human being. I have feelings and I have a platform. Yeah. Why shouldn't I? Give my opinions yeah. and and sort of share you know what you know and maybe shine a spotlight on some uh, inequalities yeah. that I think are out there. Um, you know, so so you have to balance that, right?
2: I think I think it's important, and I think if you have the 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 ability and the platform to do it to do it, then again you have to also accept that you might get a lot of people that will not follow you because yeah. they don't agree with what you're saying. You know, what I follow this. Um, Lady Alisa Milano, that I yeah. know well because she worked with my husband and she's lovely. Yeah. Um is becoming more and more and more political, you know it's, it, that she, it's almost like she has found a calling, you know and she's incredibly smart you yeah. know on what she's doing and she's pushing the envelope constantly, constantly. And because of that, the outcome is going to be. You're going to have a lot of people look up to you and adore you, and, and and you might be able to affect in a positive way, but you're going to have a lot of people that are going to hate you, and they're just going to be mean, and they're going to want to cause some harm. And she's dealing with it, you know, and and, and it's brutal. Yeah. It, it's brutal, but uh, God bless her that still – she believes that her platform is is important, that what she has to say is valid – And she's just going like this and moving full force, you know, and regardless of the consequences, because it seems like her her north now is... To get into politics, or to be able to have a, a, a social component, you know, and, and, and be a voice, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's incredible. But that's a choice you have to make, you know, yeah. because it might, it, it might affect your career at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, it's true. You yeah. have to decide, and everyone's different. Sort of, you know, yeah. what, what am I, what do I feel is important right now? Exactly. And, and if I have this platform, you know, what should I use? Why it?
2: should I use? I have another good friend that is in the business; that it's um, a personality. He's, he's doing it all. He's doing it all. But he's very careful, and he's like, I do have my point of view, but I don't, get into, I, don't, I don't take sides. I interview a lot of people. Yeah. So nobody needs to know exactly how I feel right. <laughs> about anybody, you know what I mean? Or when I vote, who am I voting for? You know, he's like, I, I'm, I'm not interested. I do have the platform to be able to pick sides, you know, and I have a great voice. It's not, it's not my calling. Yeah. I just yeah. want to interview and do my job. Yeah. And I was like, that's amazing, you know, and you have to respect that too. Yeah,
0: where do you fall right now?
2: Uh, I think I, I, I don't get too involved. I think I'm vocal. I think people know what's my, my what are my political views, you know, and, and people know what I feel about the border crisis. You know, I even went to the border with Eva, as a matter yeah. of fact, you know. So I think uh, I'm pretty open when it comes to this is who I am, who I am, but I don't – no, I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I'm just not taking the stance, like Alisa, of saying this is my north and Chelsea Handler, you know what I mean? This is what – I'm a comedian, I'm a – personality yeah but i'm fighting for this right now right now i'm fighting for my show and i'm fighting for my kids and you know and i want to have a clean beautiful career having a point of view but not getting completely involved maybe that will change maybe at some point i'm going to be like you know what i don't want to continue just looking in and like testing the water and walking out you know yeah. because I just want to play it safe maybe at some point I'm going to be full force I'm not there yet
0: yeah no it sounds like a good balance right yeah. now <laughs> so when you watch a show like you is that something that you say oh I want to be on that show oh, do, you, do, you, do you ever like you know call up your people and say hey can you get me something on this Or I
2: have you know what with you I did I did and yeah. I the last time that I did like a lot was when Orange is the New Black came yeah. out I was obsessed obsessed and I was like, I will just walk. I don't even have to speak. I want to be part of it so badly. I just tell them that I <laughs> just want to walk yeah. and be there. <laughs> um, yeah, but it happens. Yeah, there's shows that you're like, oh, my God, it'll be – there's so many. You know, that are so the, – the TV content nowadays and even streaming, it, there's some really good shit going. You yeah. know, like really good that you're like, wow. Even – and for me, because I'm Puerto Rican, I'm bilingual, so I do a love in the Latino market – even content out of Spain, out of Argentina, out of Chile that you, I watch and I just go, I want to be part of that so badly. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's changing. I, I look at, you mentioned Spain. Netflix is doing so much original content Incredible. out there right now.
2: Incredible. And that's why a lot of people from here, there's so many Anglo adaptations of content coming out of Spain and out of Chile because there, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal.
0: Obviously, Grand Hotel coming up. What else are you excited about? What, uh, what should we be keeping an eye on?
2: Oh, my God. Well, Grand Hotel, opening June 17th. Yeah. Guys, I hope everybody loves it as much as we, we did. Um, I have... I had a crazy conversation with a colleague from a show called A Million Little Pieces. Yeah. His name is James Rodet.
0: Yeah, also on ABC.
2: Correct. I know James for many years because we did... Ryan Caulfield, year one. Oh, this was a TV yeah. show for Fox. I
0: remember that, yeah. It never the got 18. a year two, unfortunately. Never <laughs> got a year two. Not
2: only that, we did. We got picked up for, for the for first season. We were picked up for 22 or 13. I don't believe. This is many, many years back. I believe Kevin Fox was the showrunner. And I'll never forget, we're doing episode seven. We're shooting downtown.
0: Uh-huh.
2: It's been airing, so I think that week episode four had air or three or something like that we were competing against major ma- ma- major league baseball the numbers the ratings were bad and we're in the and this has never happened to me before this is a true story we're in the middle of shooting a scene we see the showrunner come over to set yeah everybody stopped Kevin has to say something he got up into something grabbed a thing
0: like a bullhorn yeah
2: and said everybody can pack We've been canceled. Oh,
0: like in the middle of a It scene. was brutal. Yeah.
2: Brutal. Um And it, it was such a shame because it was such a wonderful show and and I don't know whatever happened with Sean. I think it was Sean Maher Was I think was the name of the lead guy. He just graduated from I think it was Juilliard. He was a gem. You know, a great talent. So James was one of the, the cast members. I was the only female cop. It was all guys and I was the only female cop. Fast forward to last... Not these upfronts that just happened. The upfronts before Grand Hotel went, and a million uh,
0: really little uh, pieces. We were pieces, both
2: yeah. mid-season replacement shows, and we got moved to summer. But a million little pieces came out, and I, have, I haven't seen James more than twelve years. So we're there, we're celebrating. Oh my god, it's so good to see you! And he says, Ross, when are you going to direct?" And I'm going, "Oh my god, I can I can't even." Think about it. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know, I want to. and I know how to do it, but I, I don't know how to tackle it. I don't know the, the, the um, technical names of lenses. You know what I mean? I'm so intimidated. And yeah. he goes, oh, you, you, know, you, you can do it. You need to direct. I'm going, oh, my God, you're crazy. I'm going, you need to direct. And it was interesting because I don't know why he felt compelled to tell me that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, oh, that's so good to see you. Okay, Papa, I love you. Back. Bye. That night, my husband was also there because he was doing The Rookie, mm-hmm. which is also another ABC show. So we went to, this is a true story, we went to bed that night like at 3 in the morning. I, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And I wake him up and I said, Eric, I'm going to direct. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. he's sleeping. And yeah. what are you talking about? I'm going, I'm going to direct. He went back to bed, doesn't even remember I, I did that. Fast forward to now, June 17th, the day where I had to move it one week, June 24th, a week after Grand Hotel premieres, I'm directing my first short film in Puerto Rico about a topic that is very dear to my heart, which is um, stray dogs (laughs) and the importance of adopt, don't shop. You know, I have a foundation in Puerto Rico with animals. And I said, if I'm going to direct for the first time, it has to be something that I care about, which is this topic. Yeah. And it has to be in my country, which I love. Yeah. Um, and I wrote it, and I'm doing it, and I'm petrified, and I'm super nervous. And I saw James this last week in New York for The Upfronts. Yeah. And we hugged, and I said, you're not going to believe what you're going to do. I'm directing my first short film, and he was so happy. I'm going, it was because of you, <laughs> because you told me to do it. That's and fantastic. he was so, so proud yeah. and so excited. And he's like, enjoy it. You're going to do great. So I'm in the middle of pre-production. It is stressful. I am dying, but I am very excited.
0: Yeah, that is fantastic. Yeah, very excited. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, first step on maybe directing some some TV. Some uh... that'll
2: be uh, listen. That'll be amazing. Let me see how it goes. I got a phenomenal DP out of Puerto Rico. It's full, hundred percent Puerto Rican uh, talent, and the, the crew is all Puerto Rican. It's my first attempt. Um, I'm very excited. Um, I think it's gonna do great. Of course we wanna send it to festivals and let's see what happens with the whole thing. But if I love it and if at the end when we edit I have a gem, I'm gonna be very confident and positive to be able to go to Brian Tanem and Eva and say, guys, this is my presentation, you know what I mean? Check it out yeah. and will you allow me to direct something, you know? And they're incredibly supportive, so hopefully. Let's
0: see. Yeah, yeah. I think the ultimate then the next goal after that is to direct an episode of Million Little Things, so then you're actually That'll directing. Be oh, that'd be A awesome. That'll be, comes awesome. full circle.
2: That'd be amazing. That'll be amazing. Well,
0: congrats, congrats on Grand Hotel. Thank and you. uh good luck with the directing. Yes, uh, looking forward thank to you hearing so more much. about that and, yeah, and all I'm the excited. best to you. Thank you. thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. that's it for this edition of my favorite episode join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick and be sure to subscribe to my favorite episode on apple Podcasts, stitcher or anywhere you download podcasts also head on over to variety.com for your daily fix of tv news analysis and reviews i'm michael schneider and we'll see you again next time